Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. You can open up back and forth between the two apps. If you're working in something, say you start it in Photos, you can drag and drop that file right down into Designer. Then it opens up in Designer and you can make changes there and you can then send it back to Photo. Today in the podcast is Denny Hankey from BeardyGuyCreative.com. Denny makes his living off the iPad by creating websites, creating image assets for those sites, and doing page layout work for flyers and postcards. In this episode, you'll hear about his workflows for doing this work on iPad, as well as his thoughts on the recent Adobe rumors and a variety of other topics related to working on iOS. If you haven't had a chance to review the show on Apple Podcasts, please open up the podcast app right now and leave a review. Every review is greatly appreciated and helps people discover the show. With that, here's my interview with Denny. Enjoy. I'm here with Denny Henke from BeardyGuyCreative.com. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the first question I want to ask is, first off, to just introduce yourself. You know, what, what do you do for a living? My name's Denny Henke. I do a freelance website and a graphic design and occasional podcast transcripting, but that's, that's something I... I do that for a couple of podcasts, but um, mostly web web and graphic work. Okay. And what role does the iPad play in your life today? It's become my primary computer, my preferred computer. I've been using Mac since 92, 93. I got a, the iPad when they were first announced. I ordered one right off. I tried using it for web work. I code by hand. I do everything in HTML. And I had been using Coda for years and Transmit. And as soon as the first web coding type apps came out, I grabbed onto those and gave them a go and, and they sort of worked. And I, I did some of my work with that first iPad using that portrait mode stand that Apple had with the keyboard. It allowed for me to do some of what I wanted to do. And I live remotely out in the middle of the woods. So having a, a 3G, it was 3G at the time, connection was good because otherwise I was going to a nearby town to get on the internet. I was strangely living this very rural, rustic life, but doing tech work. So it was kind of an odd thing. But anyway, it, it enabled me to do some of that. And then I jailbroke it and tethered it and used it also with my laptop in that way. Gotcha. At this point, it's my central machine, my central computer. Okay. And what's your current iPad? I got the 12.9 inch that was released last June. So the version two, I guess. Okay, great. And what tasks, if any, do you still need to go back to your Mac for? I do have to go back to it for InDesign work. It serves as a Plex and iTunes server for media, which I serve out to my Apple TV, mostly just for doing work with InDesign. And then occasionally I, I still have to use pages on the Mac. There are certain things, you know, Apple's made a lot of progress with pages, but there's still a couple of things that I can't do on the iPad that I have to go back to the Mac for, for that too. For example, adjusting line height. Basically with line height on pages on the iPad, you're restricted to certain increments. And sometimes I need to be a little more specific. So that sort of thing. Gotcha. With Affinity Publisher having been announced, is that something that could potentially replace InDesign, do you believe? Or is InDesign a required app and file format to work with? Within. I certainly hope so. I'm, I mean, I, I fully intend to purchase it and plan to use it. I'm curious to see if they have any export options that will allow for exporting to a, a format that someone using InDesign could import, like IDML files. I don't know if that's at all possible. I'm going to pursue it. Eventually, I hope it comes to the iPad. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do on the Mac with it. InDesign, a lot of people require an InDesign file, but I find that most people are happy with just PDFs. So I guess we'll see. I expect that the app will be capable. Photo and designer apps are outstanding. So in terms of what it will do, 
in comparison to InDesign. I expect it'll it'll be capable. I think. Yeah, interoperability is just the the question. That's that's always been the thing. It's like I can create this wonderful stuff. You want to yeah, open my yeah. my file that might not. Right. Yeah. Almost like the the Mac Windows thing back before that yeah. kind of got fixed in the late right. aughts. Exactly. So my impression with Affinity is they're going to start on Mac, of course, but uh, my hunch is they're kind of like the Omni Group and they see a big future for the iPad and having their software on there as quickly as possible as well. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. When they announced Photo last year, I, I think like a lot of people, I was really excited and and it, it's fantastic. It's you know it's equal to their desktop app in, in most ways. Yeah, and we'll dive more into that in a little bit here because uh, sure. I've been using it. Uh, it's a great app, and it's definitely a pro level app that uh, I'm watching tutorials on both the photo and designers to try to get the most out of them because uh, some of it's a pro level app. You got to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Back to kind of the work you do. What's the process for you? doing web design on the iPad? I started uh, on the Mac with Coda and Transmit, and then I would use Photoshop for graphic design type elements to a website. When I started working on the iPad, as soon as Coda was available, I started using Coda by Panic. I, of course, used Transmit too. I pursued other options. I try not to get too bogged down in too many apps. It's easy to do these days for nerds to get submerged in, in app world. And I had tried Textastic and tried a couple of different code editors and always kind of came back to Coda. At some point, though, I kind of transitioned, got a little bit squeamish, a little bit weirded out this past year, feeling like I didn't quite know where Panic was going to go. And then they announced the, the end of Transmit. So I switched to File Browser and Textastic full time. Most of my, my websites, when I start fresh, I usually use a responsive base, like Skeleton is a nice responsive uh, code base. And I start with that. After speaking with a client, it's just a question of, I do work with mostly s- small uh, businesses and nonprofits. So I'm not working with anyone really huge. And, and most of the sites and most of the work I do, they're smaller websites. They're not big, elaborate things. I hand code them, starting with that skeleton t- sort of template that I have that I've sort of modified and created. And I do all that on Textastic. And then uh, as I acquire work back and forth with the client, you know, changing and, and sort of fine tuning the content, uh, I just code all that in Textastic. Use Affinity Photo for all of the graphics work that I'm doing. Then it gets uploaded either through the built-in FTP client that's built into Textastic. It's uploaded through that, or oftentimes I'll use File Browser, which is a great FTP app, and that works nicely in conjunction with the native files app via drag and drop. Textastic doesn't do drag and drop, but it's a nice two-pane FTP app. So if you're familiar with the, that sort of classic two-pane server on one side, local on the one side, then it's pretty easy to upload and download. But I like the drag and drop, and that's where File Browser and the Files app come in. So Textastic, can you describe what the functionality is? You mentioned FTP and text entry. Is it a text editor with FTP built in? That's It's an excellent text editor. And so if you're somebody that likes to code by hand, it's great for coding HTML and CSS. So I do all that with Textastic. I've been playing around with Codex, and I've been playing around with that as well. The one shortcoming with Textastic as a text editor, I find that a lot of times when I'm selecting text, there's a pause. It seems to hesitate when you're trying to select and copy and paste. It's a kind of an, I don't know if it's a bug or it's just an odd thing where it just really has this delay. And so I've been playing around with Codex. What's nice is I can modify the files in Codex. It's a really beautiful text editor. On the right-hand side, you can easily, quickly scroll through. It's hard to describe. It's got this mini window that lets you scroll through your document really quick. So I've been kind of coding it all in Codex. 
And then I hop over to Textastic and use the FTP server. It's kind of nice because I, everything's sort of saved in iCloud. I have a file hierarchy in iCloud for all my websites. Each one gets a project folder. I can change the files in Codex and then hop over to Textastic. It's already in sync. That's the beautiful thing with iCloud. It's all in sync. I upload it and check it on the, well, I usually check it first and then I upload it. Textastic has a really nice preview. I don't use my Mac really. I'm able to check how everything looks at the different widths. I can bring it down to basically phone size and then stretch it back up to a, sort of a full size. Oftentimes drag up another app into split view and just tweak it back and forth to see how everything's looking. And it works great. Yeah, I was wondering about the preview options. So you're writing the code. Yep. And then do you hit a button for the preview to take effect or is it just constantly updating the preview? There is an icon above your code. There's a, a little icon. It's a simple tap and it switches you over to basically a view of Safari. And then within that view, and that's oftentimes I'll put that other app onto the screen and kind of tweak it back and forth. But yeah, it works great. Okay. Codex, is there a preview in there? What are the different options for previewing code on the iPad? What other apps have you experimented with to do this? Codex, unfortunately, does not yet have a preview. It would be great if they did. So it's a little bit of bouncing back and forth. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll keep Codex in that right view as the side app on the, the right or left side. It's basically there. And, and when I hop over to Textastic, I can open up that file and view it from within Textastic. Coda by Panic has a built-in preview, and that works pretty well. Those are the only ones I've really used for this process, so I don't know what else might be available other than previewing on Safari. And there is an option in Coda to actually hop over to Safari to view your code. I find that's kind of unnecessary. One thing that the iPad kind of has a problem with me still with is... A lot of websites, you need a desktop class web browser. Has that been a problem coding on the iPad for websites? Or is that more of a benefit in making sure your website will work both on... If it works here, it's going to definitely work on a desktop. Because of the nature of my clients being small businesses in, in a small town and nonprofits, most of my sites are pretty straightforward. I don't do much work with, say, WordPress. Every now and then a client will want me to set up a WordPress blog, but mostly I'm coding by hand and it's pretty basic, responsive website work that I'm doing. And so, yeah, if it works on the iPad, it works on the phone and it works on the desktop. Yeah, cool. Let's move over the pages a bit. You're a heavy pages user what kind of tips and tricks do you have for those that want to get the most out of it? Use it a lot. Uh, <laughs> look at the templates that Apple offers up and play around with those templates. I find that they're, you know, they're very well designed. They're very attractive templates. It's nice to look at those and see what they've done. There's no reason not to, you know, I wouldn't do that with, with client work, but for somebody that's doing something for a school or they're working for an organization, uh, maybe they volunteer at a nonprofit, look at those templates and maybe try using them and, and then modify them to suit your own needs. But they're a nice starting point. But really just play with it, use it. I believe Apple offers pretty decent documentation for the app. I find that using it is the best thing. Now, of course, some people like to read and watch video tutorials. I don't know that they offer those for pages necessarily. I know Affinity does for their apps, video stuff. I just suggests that people spend as much time as possible. I've learned everything that I've learned is just been self-taught through spending time with the apps and not being afraid to break things and start over, you know? Yeah. You can always undo. That's the beauty. Now, you can't create your own templates within pages on iOS, can you? Will you have instead a, a file that you like duplicate and work from at that point to your process for working within pages? Yeah, I've got a few go-tos that I have that I have kind of created over time that I consider templates. I've got a couple of different ones that I use for annual reports. 
couple different things that I use for newsletters. I always have backups of those, and I just I label them as like template this or template that. A lot of times, depending on the project, I'll start with whichever one seems like it's most appropriate. It's nice to have a starting point to modify. With the most recent releases of pages, you've got master pages now, which is a really nice addition. They've really done a lot bringing pages up to a certain standard. Well, bringing it up in line with the Mac, for one, is still missing a few things, but they've really gotten it close. Did the ebook enhancements do anything for what you do with page design? I have yet to have anyone request something that requires that kind of thing. I would love to, and that's something I haven't played with yet. It's something uh, uh, I did help someone publish a book on Amazon a couple years back, and we put it on Amazon and we put it on iBooks, and we use pages for that. Now, that was several years ago, and I believe we used the previous version of pages, and I was operating off of a Mac at that point because the iPad did not yet have those capabilities. So I operated off of a Mac and then sent it out to an iBook publisher for the iBooks store. And But it would be really great to do that over. If I have need again, I'd love to be able to do it all within pages on the iPad for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So big news recently was Adobe is now highly rumored to do it. The Omni Group back did back in uh, 2010, I believe it was, and go all in on the iPad, starting with Photoshop. Yeah, <laughs> how, right. How, how do you think? Uh, well, you know, eight years late. Uh, uh, how do you think this will affect yeah. uh, the market of other pro apps like Affinity? Will Photoshop just absorb the whole marketplace or how do you think this will affect things i think i can say and i'm not just being hopeful i think it's fair to say that no they won't absorb it vanity apps there are a lot of people using them at this point and they've got a lot of uh, well-deserved press for these apps that are well designed and very powerful you know i had tried for example pixelmator and it's not a bad app by any stretch Affinity Photo is just really taking it to a different level and it really does compete with Photoshop. I at no point do I ever feel using Affinity Photo or Designer do I feel like I'm settling for something less. I feel like I've got something that is as good and oftentimes feels better. It's just so smooth. The speed at which I can work on Photo or Designer, there's no sacrifice. Given that they're selling these apps, they're not subscription. You buy the app, you've got the app. There is something you said for that, the different business model. Absolutely. A lot of people do not appreciate the subscription model and definitely not at the prices that Adobe offers it. You know, I'm just one small guy as a small freelancer. I'm not working with a, a huge corporate budget. So if I can get by with something, that is a solid purchase and it's a one-time purchase and it's you know as i said it's more than adequate it's it's not i'm not compromising with these apps so i i don't think that affinity has anything to fear think in fact i think the timing of adobe's announcement after designer release i don't think that was an accident opposite in fact adobe has something to fear (laughs) yeah i i really think so and you know competition's great so i hope adobe does bring these apps to the ipad i don't feel like the affinity folks have to step it up they've already stepped it up so yeah it's fantastic yeah and you mentioned pixelmator i use pixelmator for certain projects because i do like their interface in some areas better so it's like there's a lot of tools on the ipad to do image work and it is great having the really advanced tools like Affinity and Pixelmator. And I'm not sure before Designer came out, did you use a program called Graphic? It was a vector. Yes. How does that compare to Designer for you? Uh, well, the funny thing was I started on iPad Air 2 is what I had been working on. And that was sort of the first iPad that became my main computer was the iPad Air 2. So I had Graphic on there and I had Affinity Photo on there. When Affinity Photo came out, I kept the graphic and I thought, well, I'll keep that around for vector work. But what I found was that Affinity Photo, just like the desktop version of Affinity Photo, 
does amazing vector work. It's almost like having a designer. I mean, there are certain things it doesn't do, like text on a path. And so I kept graphic around for that sort of thing. Graphic to me is sort of similar to Pixelmator in that it was helpful to have and I enjoy having it. And I'm glad and I hope they keep it going. But again, I think designer takes it up a notch. It's smoother where I, with graphic, I might have encounter things that where it feels a little buggy, it feels a little bit off. I don't really encounter those sorts of things in designer. It's everything I could possibly really hope for. There's not a whole lot I would suggest. And there are people way more experienced than me that probably could pinpoint a lot of different things they'd like to see improved. But at my level of use, it, it's fantastic. I'm not finding a lot of things. I think, oh, I wish it were better here or there. For those getting into these apps, there's photo and designer. Can you kind of describe the use case for both of these apps? And you mentioned there are some carryover as far as what you can do in these apps. Can you kind of describe these apps and who they're for? Yeah, it's wonderful how they reach into each other's territory, sort of. And they, you can bounce them back and forth so easily, the files. Photo is, is equivalent to Photoshop, if you're going to compare it. And it's, you know, it's if you want to do photo editing, you, you want to use photo. If you want to do be some like vector work, you can still use photo. I've been using it for web graphics, for websites. Use it for like postcards, promotional postcards. For example, I got a client, a real estate agent that does a quarterly postcard. So I do that in, in photo. I use it for uh, invites, flyers, posters, that kind of thing. But oftentimes, if you're doing photo work, now that designer is available, I'll transition a lot of what I've been doing in photo. I'll transition over to designer. What a designer does that photo doesn't is things like text on a path. You just can't do that in photo. Sometimes you need that. Designer is basically a vector-based, whereas photo is sort of raster bitmap-based. Because they've done such a nice job of blending the two, like if you're a designer and you're, you're working in vectors, you can actually do some really nice personas, they call them. You can think of them as different modes. So when you're in designer and you're doing vector work, you can tap over to a sort of a raster or mode where you can do raster-based textures, basically are painting. So if you've, if you've got an image that you want to add some grunge to, you can paint on some grunge. You can paint on spray paint or you can you know there are just different elements you can add to it using that raster you can open up back and forth between the two apps if you're working in something say you start it in photos you can drag and drop that file right down into designer then it opens up in designer and you can make changes there and you can then send it back to photo and you don't lose anything in dragging and dropping no over. okay yeah it's beautiful so you're, you're never stuck you know you can you can always move back and forth is it the same file extension i haven't even checked on the mac there's a slightly different file extension but on a mac say for example if i start something in photo and it's a photo document designer will read it and open it just as though it were a designer document and vice versa okay fascinating that's yeah. really good to know for those that are kind of struggling to get into affinity if the interface is kind of too much for them what tips would you have for those to dive into these as you mentioned earlier if you go to the affinity website they've got some fantastic video tutorials i believe there's quite a bit on youtube people that have been doing these things uh tutorials of, of various kinds and then within the app itself there's a really great help section the one shortcoming if, I, if there's one shortcoming and i'm about to write on, on my blog about this is they don't have the you know the common ipad shortcut where you can hold down the command key and it brings up the, the nice little display of, of keyboard shortcuts you don't get that with these two apps, unfortunately. But if you go to the help section, which is built into the app, it's all right there. Very easy to, to search. It's not something that has to go out to the web or anything. It's just built into the app. Almost everything I've asked thus far I've found in there. Other than that, just, you know, like I said with pages, 
using it and playing with it and not being afraid to break things and just you know spend days playing around with it when you've got free time. What are some of your favorite keyboard shortcuts? There are some functions that I'm frustrated that it's like, oh, I, I can't do this. So that uh, is so much faster with the keyboard shortcut. And maybe there is one for that. Funny thing, what I'm finding on the iPad is I, I love the keyboard on the iPad. My iPad is attached to a keyboard most of the time. But on these apps, I'm using the touch. I've learned what the, the touch gestures are. And I'm mostly using those now. I use the typical sort of copy, paste. I do tend to use the keyboard for that. But there's a nice gesture for duplicating an object. With the two fingers, drag and drop, and you've duplicated an object. So the copy-paste becomes a little bit quicker by using the gestures. And that's something they've done a really great job of with these apps is just utilizing the touch interface. Yeah, their gestures are phenomenal. Yeah, it's kind of like things set the standard recently. Everybody was raving about things and keyboard shortcuts. Well, Affinity's doing that with gestures. Yeah. And yeah, the tutorials are eye-opening as far oh, you can do that. Like, your gestures are not yeah. discoverable at all. You need to learn. No. Yeah. You got to watch those videos and then play around. Yeah. Being able to just drag one of the icons on the side, that's really, really great. Yep. Absolutely. Let me dive into one other thing about Infinity that's been bothering me is uh, split-screen support. Do you see them adding this in the future or <laughs> what's the deal? Oh, man. I don't know if they'll add this in the future. And what I often end up doing is I will use an app in SlideOver. So, for example, if I'm working on a client project, I might have text descriptions or text that they want in the document. And I'll use that. I'll have that in a SlideOver, maybe in a Pages document or in a Drafts document. And I'll just have it there for quick copy paste and that sort of thing. You know, the thing is, though, with this kind of app, I want a bigger screen. I mean, give me a 24 or 27 inch iPad, please. As much as I like the 12.9 inch, I would love it. Oh, yeah. Give me a desktop. Yeah. A tabletop iPad. Yes. Like a Microsoft Studio Pro, but in an iPad, I would love it. And at that point, I would say, yes, get, you know, it'd be great if they had split screen. I'd like having full screen. So I don't mind going to my iPad Air and using, say, the clipboard, you know, sync up. Uh, I can do that too, which is, it can come in handy for that kind of thing or for reference. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a bit of a bummer, but it's, you can work around it. Does the Apple Pencil play a part in any of the things you do on the iPad? Oh, yeah. Using the Apple Pencil on the iPad with something like Photo or Designer is fantastic. It's such a nice combination. So much better than a mouse or a trackpad when I'm doing that kind of thing. I, I can't. And I, I for a while, I've, I was doing some experimenting with uh, painting. I I'm a, do astronomy on the side for fun. And so I was downloading high-resolution images of uh, nebulas and different space objects and using Procreate, which I don't use a lot for client work, but for just painting for fun, I paint nebulas. And man, using the pencil for that kind of thing is just, it's amazing. Hours in a day will go by and I get lost in that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, Pages, the pencil support is wonderful, but divisive for people that want to use it uh, for navigation. What are your thoughts on that one? Ah, uh, yeah. The use of the pencil in, in pages and, and I tap and I end up getting the annotation tools instead of what I thought I was going to get. I find that I don't use the pencil when I'm doing pages work. I could see for some use cases where it would be really handy. If I were a teacher editing a paper and I wanted to make those notes, you know, it, it could, that could be really nice. Yeah. Or if you're drawing within pages, which I, I don't have a need for, but I'm sure people do. I tried that, but right after they released it, I spent a couple of days playing with the drawing part of it. I did a couple of documents. I actually was in the middle of doing a, a garden plan, and I used pages and the pencil for that garden plan, and it was really nice. Once I got the hang of it, it they've done a pretty decent job of implementing it, and I'm, I'm sure they'll improve it, but I really enjoyed using it. So I'm glad it's there. Yeah, I kind of wish they'd add some kind of like 
Omni graph sketcher within pages using the pencil. You kind of sketch out what you're looking to make for a graph and it gives you a rough kind of graph to put in there. Yes, yes, that would be very nice. So moving ahead to some of the blogging you do, you blog over at BeardyGuyCreative.com. What is your workflow for doing that? I had been using Ulysses. I kind of jumped ship when they shipped the subscription. I switched to IA Writer. I had actually, I started with Byword years ago. I like Byword. It was a little weird. I had problems with Byword sometimes when posting to blogs. It was sometimes a bit awkward there. A lot of people raved about Ulysses, so I thought, well, I'll try that. Then I tried IA Writer, and I've been sticking with that. I'm pretty happy with that workflow. I just write it in IA Writer. I also do transcripts. I mentioned podcast transcripts, and I do those in IA Writer. They have the built-in post to blog, and that works pretty well. Sometimes for me, I'm on a slower internet connection. If I have images, the images posting will fail. But all in all, it's it's worked fairly well. Lately, I did try drafts out. I never really stuck with drafts before. It just never really clicked with me. Now it sort of has. So I'm finding that I like the interface of drafts a lot. And I'm, I'm sort of going there first. I set up a nice little automation to post to the blog through drafts. And that's working really well. So I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between that and uh, IA Writer. Okay. Do you write in Markdown or HTML for the blog? Markdown. Markdown, okay. Is it a custom-built blog, or are you using WordPress or something like that? WordPress is all I'm using. It's funny, because I remember my first blog was like uh, 2001 or two, and I think, what was the system? Way back then, they had something called Blossom, I think. And I, I read that people that are trying all these systems that are kind of static and kind of similar to Blossom. I'm at a point where I just, I guess I'm too lazy. I just want to use something that's worked. <laughs> yeah. Have you experimented with the Workflow app, which has WordPress integration now? Yeah, I have used that a few times. It's one of those things that it works, but it seems a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. I might revisit that. But because the IA writer and the drafts work so well, it's just so nice. And it's so easy to get content, especially with drafts, I think. That's one reason why I'm also sort of have been leaning towards drafts. Getting text from other, you know, if I'm maybe I'm quoting an article, it's so easy to get that text into drafts. For some reason, IA Writer doesn't have an action extension. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of a strange omission, but drafts does. Now, dealing with images within drafts, you, what, first upload the image to your WordPress, install and copy the URL into drafts? Is that the process? Actually, what I end up doing is if I've got some images in mind, I'll take care of the writing first. I'll have a couple points sort of marked where I know I want the images. I run the, the little workflow. It's not a workflow, but it's a, you know the, the built-in actions that you can do. And basically, what I have it set to just hop over to my blog in Safari. Well, at first, it copies as HTML, hops over to my blog, goes to a new draft, and then I just basically, that pops up, and I just paste. So I, I've done nothing but tap the action, and then it, I paste it in. And then I from there, I will upload my images from my, uh, my photos. I often found that even though IA Writer seems to have a more direct route to posting, I often end up editing anyway. So I like doing it this way because if I'm going to end up in the web editor anyway, tweaking things, mistakes or anything like that, then I might as well just go straight to it to post. And it it works really well. Okay. So you'll just hold off on images until it's uploaded to WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. And I use WordPress for iPad Pros and uh, I... I'm just amazed at the drag and drop. I can drag an image from a different from like Google image search. Yeah. Uh, within Safari without actually saving anywhere. And I can hover over the top for it to be like a featured image or somewhere else, I believe, and it'll be just in the body. Like it's smart about 
oh, you want this to be a featured image, and it, it does it. Drag and drop has been amazing. The Workflows app, do you do much with that? It's soon to be Siri shortcuts? I have a bunch that I have either downloaded and a few that I made. It sort of depends. Like when I was using Coda and Transmit, I was doing a little bit more with it then because Coda and Transmit don't use iCloud. And I was kind of wanting to sync up at that time. I was still using my Mac. So at the time, I wanted things to be synced. And so I had come up with some workflows where I would sync stuff to Dropbox as I was copying them to uh, transmit uh, pictures and such and processing them. Now it's a little less important, but I, I do still have a couple that I use for processing images where maybe a client sends me a PDF and I want to be able to quickly convert it from a PDF and crop it and turn it into a JPEG. So I, I use those pretty consistently. It's a little quicker for some things. I don't use it as much as I would like. I'm always open to, it's on my radar, something I, I bounce into every so often and, and play around, especially if I see something someone's written about, I'll look and like Batichi is always writing these things up. And now there's Rosemary Orchard doing uh, automation. Uh, she has an automation site. I'm always looking, but I, I'm not used to it to its fullest extent. The Star Trek nerd in me wants to have Siri wake me up in the morning. And rather than the alarm, I'd, I'd love to have Siri wake me up and offer me the weather and the news and maybe a podcast and turn the lights on and start the coffee. And, and some of that will be possible, I think, now. But I think some of it's not possible, like having it scheduled. Yeah, that could force you to get into different modes uh, of working. It could even be tied to uh, when this calendar event hits, do this on my device. Uh, turn on Do Not Disturb, open this app, and that stuff could be amazing. Yeah, I have no doubt. It's, we're going to see some fantastic stuff. It's, I think it's just a matter of developers and people. And you know, it's imagination, I think, oftentimes putting creating that, that glue and that workflow. Some are better at that than others. Yeah. Batichi seems to be, he's one of a, uh, several that seem to be really, he did that sexy time oh, yeah. recently. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I think one word triggers will be great to be able to do. You can, yeah. you can tell your iPad, hello, and it does something. Like just the quicker, the better with that stuff. And I use the type to, yeah. to Siri a lot. Um, so that'll be nice. How do you go about organizing files in iOS? Are you all in on one of the cloud providers or are you spread out? I had been using Dropbox for a couple of years and that that was sort of when I transitioned to the iPad as my primary device. Dropbox, you know, that was iOS 9 and then moving into iOS 10 and files was pretty lacking at that point. So Dropbox was my go-to and I had a subscription. I never used even close to what they offer. I just use a, a small portion, but it worked really well. But with iOS 11, man, I dropped my Dropbox subscription immediately. I had plans to do that, and I went all in on files, and I, I love it. It's it, To me, it's it's been a great, great thing. I try to tag stuff. I'm pretty good about it. And I find, though, that sometimes I use the tags, but more often than not, I fail. More often than not, I just use the recent tag. You know, the, the, the bottom of the files app, you've got the browse and you've got the recent. And very often I just use that recent and it gets me what I've, what I've been working on. Not I hop over and, you know, sometimes I use Dropbox if I need to share a file with a client. I'm looking forward to maybe if, if Apple offers folder and file sharing. They offer file sharing right now, but I think it's only with other Apple users. Yeah, folder sharing would be great. And I have used the file sharing a couple of times and it's, it's worked for what I need it for. Something I, I realize that Affinity Designer does is you can store different I guess, libraries of assets that you work with commonly. Is that something you are going to take advantage of, of having different and maybe clients with assets that are applied to them that you need access to? Yeah, I suspect so. We'll see how it goes. My method of organizing is have these folders and I'm still playing with integrating. The Affinity apps have their own view of the files and you can create projects and you can have your various files in those projects. But I've recently discovered that you can actually move stuff out of those into the 
There's a section on local iPad storage where you can put stuff. So it's kind of a different way to get to it through the Files app. I'm not sure I prefer which one I prefer at this point. So I'm kind of playing around with stuff. If if that answers your question, or I'm not sure if you're maybe referring to. You can also do like in Designer, you can create symbols, so you can create different things within a particular document. That's kind of cool using the symbols feature, but that's sort of a different thing. Yeah, I was talking about. There's a, um, I think it's called Swatches within uh, the app itself. You can store this like library of graphics you commonly access. So say if you access this cartoon character all over again, you can have that and you can have subcategories within that. They have the example of iOS 12 and all the design elements that are a part of app design. So I wasn't sure if that's something you've dug into yet. Yeah, no, I haven't. I I, I think I know what you're talking about though, that they have that app design area where they have, and no, I haven't used that at all. I wish it sunk between iPads. It currently doesn't. You can export those and import them into a different iPad. Right. It's a really cool feature. And I actually, I did that for my job. I have a library set up. All the variants of this cartoon character we use, and it, it's really handy. Nice. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to look in a little more closely at it. To close out the show, just some just general iPad stuff. Uh, first off, what's your biggest frustration in working from iOS? One of the few is something we touched on earlier, which is like if I'm, say I'm working on an annual report in Pages or a newsletter in Pages, oftentimes a client will have sent me like a Word document with the text. It would be nice to have two documents open in Pages at once, side by side, so I can bounce back and forth between the two. As it is, what I often end up doing is I either get that text into something like a drafts document and I have that in the a side app window. Or a nice workaround that actually is pretty functional is to have it open on my iPad Air 2. And again, I can, you know, if I need, I can refer to it. It's right there next to me. It's like it's just having a second screen. On, like I have two screens for my Mac. I just sort of view it as having a second screen for my iPad. And for referring to stuff, that works great. And then if I, I copy paste, I can you know copy it. And usually that clipboard sync works pretty well. And then I can paste it in on, on the, the iPad Pro. But yeah, it'd be nice to have the split documents, two documents. That'd, that'd be the top of my list. Yeah, likewise. It would be awesome to have two instances of the same app. And it's not just, in, I mean, it's not really thinking of instances, but it's really just like, I want another window for that app. Get with the first iPad, you know, the first couple of years of the iPad. I understand why they didn't offer it. It is, you know, I think Apple is playing catch up in certain areas. It's 2018. We have these iPad Pros that are amazing. And certainly it can handle two documents. You know, yeah. two pages documents. Yeah, but I do the same thing. I've got my reference monitor as my 10.5-inch iPad. I got my big iPad as my main work environment. Yeah. And I do use AirDrop quite a bit to send stuff from one iPad to the other. And I love AirDrop. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. If you could commission an app to be made for the iPad, what would it be? It would have been Designer. It would. Pro- I know what it would be. It would be Publisher. It would be the Affinity Publisher app. As soon as that can come to the iPad... I would be a happy camper. That would be the, the main thing. That would, I believe, replace Pages for what you do. I love Pages. Don't get me wrong. I get a lot done with that app, and I've become really proficient with it. But being able to do it in, in something like Publisher, I suspect would, would it would offer some, some things I can't do in Pages. Yeah, it's like trying to use GarageBand for podcasting. You can do it, but uh, yeah. the custom build app, especially for that task, is much better. How did drag and drop change how you work on iPad? I like the the action extensions work really well for moving things around. And that had become a part of my workflow. I was excited about drag and drop, but I didn't know whether or not I would use it because I was so happy using action extensions to send things around. But I have been using it and it's a really nice complement to action extension. I still use that for, for some stuff. It's awfully nice to be able to like, well, with the affinity apps, the fact that I can open up designer 
tap on a project file, and then go down to my dock, open up photos, and drag that from that app to that other app, drag it into photos, and it's there. And, and that's just, it's beautiful. It's very smooth. Being able to move files around, whether maybe, like I said earlier, file browser, I can open up an FTP server in file browser, and then I can drag and drop from the, the files app into that. That's nice. Dragging stuff from clients that might send me something in message or in mail, being able to drag and drop. Oh, it's 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 nice. It's it's very nice. Yeah. And it works very well. Now the final question I have, and something I'm just really curious about is how can Apple attract people that, you know, grew up on laptops or feel that computers need that mouse or trackpad for navigation to s- migrate over and starting to use them? There's, I think, a lot of people that just dismiss the iPad. And even young students who start their education career on iPads, for some reason, end up getting a laptop and higher ed. I'm not sure if it's the parents or the students themselves feeling the need for this. What uh, can they do to change this going forward? One thing that they've done, and I think they need to do a lot more of, is more ads, more advertising, explaining what the iPad is capable of. They've done some great ones in the past year. And I think they need to do a lot more of those. I'd like to see more offerings on accessories, you know, like the smart keyboard. I use it. I love it. I've apparently decided I'm going to collect keyboards because I've got like three or four of them floating around here. I've got the bridge and that works pretty well. I found with the bridge that it pushes my hands back too far. Almost, It's nice in that it's, it makes it feel like a laptop. But what I love about the iPad is that it is a tablet. And unfortunately, the bridge makes it a little bit hard to pop the iPad out of the keyboard. It's very snug. And so I end up using my smart keyboard the most because it keeps my hands right by the tablet and it's very easy to pull it out. So I think just more ads highlighting the benefits of a tablet, ads highlighting the benefit of the pencil, especially with graphics app. I think all those sorts of things. It's just retraining people, I think, to understand that a tablet is a computer. It absolutely is a computer and it's an absolutely powerful computer. They've got a nice pace going, I think, with iterating the software. You know, the iOS is improving. So I think they just keep at it. They just keep Keep it getting out there what, what it's capable of. Keep iterating the software and improving iOS. Offer more accessories is what I started to say before is I'd love to see a, a couple different keyboards from Apple, not just the smart keyboard. Offer a 27-inch monster of a, of a machine that, that runs iOS and uh, new pencils, just more of the same or more mm-hmm. and better of, yeah. of what they've offered. Yeah, uh, some people don't like that there's not a function row on the iPad smart keyboard and uh, I think the reason is, as you said, it's to keep your hands as close to the screen as possible and to have an extra row up there would uh, bring you further down. Yeah. One of the reasons why I prefer other keyboards on occasion, I, I, I like I said, I've been using the smart keyboard the most, but yeah, having the, the backlighting, having uh, the function keys, the media keys, that's great. And I miss it when I'm on the smart keyboard. felt like we had the inflection point of, okay, you can work on iPads now. But for a certain group, it was the inflection point. I'm curious what the next big group uh, with that inflection point will be, whether it is software or hardware. And uh, as you said, if they keep doing what they're doing and every mm-hmm. couple of years, they have these big uh, feature enhancements for making the iPad more uh, capable as a main computer, I think we'll, we'll get there at some point. Yeah, I do think so. So where can people find more information about you and your consulting work? BeardyGuyCreative.com is my home base. And then I'm on Twitter at Benny.Hinky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I should know that. But yeah, Beardy Guy Creative, and I, that's where I put most of my stuff. Yeah, Great. Well, thank you so much, Denny, for your time today. It's been great chatting with you. Oh, yeah. Thank you for inviting me. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros. You can find the show notes over at iPadPros.net. You can send your feedback to me 
at ipadprospodcast at gmail.com. If you email a voice memo, I'd be happy to include your audio in a future episode. I'm on Twitter at iPadProsPodcast. And as mentioned at the top of the show, if you haven't had a chance to review the show on Apple Podcasts, I highly encourage you to do so. Every review helps send signals to promote the podcast more in search and helps other people discover the show. Thank you for your time and attention today. Talk to everyone again real soon.